Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. I've been really, really feeling it. About to bust a move or a show. Let me get it. If you really, really feeling it, put it in your left hand, right hand, throw it up and hit it. Welcome back to the Expert Ownership Podcast. David here. Jason is still hosting people at our mastermind in Vail, Colorado. And I pulled aside what I think is a is a guest that is going to absolutely help you in today's inflationary economy. How do we understand what's happening with the stock market? What's going on in real estate? And how can we capitalize on it and pivot into it so that we can actually make some wealth, but we're not going to make wealth so that we can just get rich and happy and just uh, coast off into the sunset. We want to generate wealth not only for income for our families, which is good, and not only for an inheritance for future generations, which is even better, but we want it for influence in the nation, which is where God has taken us right now. So this is going to greatly help you as I bring Steve Libman onto this podcast. Steve, welcome, handsome. It's awesome to have you here. Not terrible being in Vail with you. I appreciate <laughs> you having me out. I see. I'm looking at Steve right now. Let me paint this picture for those that are listening. There are the bright yellow aspens and the leaves are falling on the mountain as we sit in front of this picture window and here steve is would i call you sandy blonde or a ginger i would go sandy blonde but your beard is a ginger that's dude correct. you know what you're a mystery you know we can't put you in a box a don't put me in a box i love it that is awesome well steve and his partner travis cotter are amazing investors they built a company called integrity holdings and their company is soaring right now, even in the midst of inflation, even in the midst of like economic uncertainty. We have no idea what's going to happen in the country. And just sitting back and listening to you and Travis talk and seeing your outlook, number one, as Christians, because you're, you're filled with hope, you're thriving, you're not surviving. But it's not just, okay, yeah, God is in control and everything's going to work out. That's awesome. Well, good. What kind of financial decisions do we need to make right now for our families? Like, what kind of financial decisions can we make for our businesses? And you guys, your company does a lot of amazing things in real estate. And, 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 and so I just want to go back, tell people where you started, why you got into what you did, and uh, kind of where you're going right now. And then I'm just going to bring a bunch of color into this, because I love the way you talk, and I want people just to hear you. Ready, set, go. Awesome. <laughs> so <clears throat> I'll start at the beginning. And when I got out of college, I graduated Boston University. I started doing some sales jobs. I'm unemployable, probably much like yourself. And I needed to figure out how to go work for myself. So I became a real estate agent. Okay, got it. I worked I started for there. my sister-in-law up in New Jersey, who happened to be a franchisee of yours. So God started throwing some seed on our relationship many, many years ago, which is pretty cool because now we're here 14 years later. And um, so I started flipping some houses after I was a real estate agent for a while, we decided we we're going to start our own business. We're going to wholesale some property. For those of you that don't know what that is, it means essentially you're going to put a property under contract and then you're going to sell that contract to somebody who's actually going to go do all the work for a small fee. It's a very low barrier to entry when you don't have any money. It's a great place to start. That's right. <clears throat> the next step was for us to go into start flipping some of these houses ourselves. So we flipped about a thousand houses between wholesales and flips. Okay, let's, next just, let's just stop. That's no joke. When you say, ah, we just flipped about a thousand houses. Hold on. 
you had to have some systems in place. You had to have, I mean, a lot of grit, a lot of hustle. What was like one of the major obstacles that you overcame that allowed you to flip a thousand houses? Now, we're going to get back to your story, but I want to stop right there. Yeah, no, it's a good place to stop too, because we do often glaze over it because of where we're at today. But the fact is, is we only flipped about 15 or 16 houses a year and we were capped. So yeah. in the first five or six years of the business, we were just capped. There's only so much of you that can go around. And, and and those of you business owners listening to this, you know what it's like to be a solopreneur. You know what it's like. There's only so many hours in the day. And plus, if you're married and you have kids, now all of a sudden, I mean, if, if you continue at that trajectory, adrenal fatigue and broken relationships is pretty much inevitable in your future. So what did you do? So we got around some people that were doing it better and more often than we were. We heard some podcasts, talked to some people that said they were flipping 100, 150 houses a year. And we were like, baloney. Yeah. Let's go find if these guys are the real deal or not. And we did. We went and got in, in, in the room with some some guys that were literally doing 10 to 20 flips a month. Mm. And we said, okay, can I pay you for your time? Can you show me the systems and processes that you put together? And we got every role in the business. We got every... KPI that we needed to track. And I mean, entrepreneurs, I feel like always think that they're on an island, mm. right? They deal with a lot of stress themselves. They deal with yeah. all of that stuff. They internalize it and they say, Hey, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do next, but they're just trying to grind through it. Right. So they are sitting here trying to figure out what can I do next? How is it going to work? But I don't know what to do. Yeah. So, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and that's you right now, go find somebody that's a little bit further and faster down the road than you. Good call. I love that. You know, in the Bible, it's 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 discipleship. It's it's even the way that the church was structured and set up. I mean, Paul and Timothy and Barnabas. I mean, these are like different age groups, people that are further a little bit further down the line, some are a little bit less down the line than you are, and it's just a symbiotic relationship and it's beautiful. So, keep going. No, it's amazing too because they sow into your life and you get to see the success, right? So, <clears throat> I would say do not go get a mentor if you're not somebody that will um animalistically implement something. Ooh, relentless. Go after it. Because if somebody gives you advice and you don't take it, the next time you go back to them for advice, they're not going to give it, right? Because, I mean, if I come to you, David, and I say, hey, what do I do next? And you say, hey, here's what I would go do. And we see each other next quarter and you say, hey, how'd you do on that thing? And I said, oh, you know, I just didn't do it because of X, Y, and Z. But hey, can you give me some more advice about something else? How much time are you going to really sow into me now? Yeah. Right. So make sure that you're getting if you got to implement. Right. Be relentless. Trust the four minute mile. Nobody mm-hmm. rode the four minute mile before somebody else saw it ran. And then they said, oh, I, I could do that, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the four minute mile was broken multiple times in the same year. The question is, have you ever run a four minute mile? If I ran a four minute mile is because a bear was chasing. me. <laughs> OK, so here we are, Steve and Jason and I and Travis, his business partner, are walking up the mountain and it's pretty steep. And I'm like, Steve, tell us a little bit about some of the syndications you're doing. Actually, not even. Tell us about your fund. And Steve goes, is anyone else's hands tingling? <laughs> that was. Awesome. I said, when we get to the top, maybe I'll be yeah, able to breathe we'll talk and talk to you more. about. So now you've got some great systems. You've got some good mentorship in place. And you're flipping 1,000 houses next step. So yeah, so we went from 16 houses to like 80 the next year to 150 the year after that. And then we're getting our tax bills. Ooh. Man, I'll tell you, living in the Northeast, we were in Jersey, so between federal and state taxes, we were paying almost 50% in Mm. taxes. 
Now, I like having a business partner. His name's Travis. I do not like having a third business partner that takes half of our proceeds before we even get to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the drunk uncle that's like part of the family business that won't get off the couch. That's kind of what it feels you're like. Not helping. I, I do like bridges and stoplights, and I love the fact that we have a military, so I'm happy to pay taxes. It's just for heaven's sakes. Don't bleed me dry. By the way, the kind of the ambient noise you hear in the background and all of these other things. We're at a mastermind here in Vail, Colorado, and there are a lot of people in the room directly next to us that hopefully are developing some great kingdom strategic vision and maybe even making a little bit of money in the process. So oh, there's now, deals going on out there. Now, yeah, no, there are. There have already been deals that ha happened just this morning. That's which right. I thought was pretty awesome. Okay, so now t the federal government's taking your taxes and you guys say, we need to make a decision. So we're just saying, man, this is a very transactionally biz transactional business, right? Meaning every time we sell a house, we got to go find another one. So it's just very transactional. It's a highly taxed business and it's a cash eating monster. Mm -hmm. We're spending fifty, sixty thousand dollars a month on marketing to get these houses in the door. We're losing people because there's just a high attrition rate in sales. And one of our friends said, Hey, you should go buy an apartment building. I said, Well, why would I want to do that? I flip houses. And he showed me his tax bill and it was negative. Oh. And I said, How'd you do that? And he said, Well, there's this thing called accelerated depreciation that you can take against commercial buildings that you can't take against single family houses. And when you hold it, it'll cash flow and it essentially will cash flow tax free. And you get to take depreciation against your other income. And it's I a was a beautiful like, thing that we have in the tax tax laws. Well, by the way, by the, by depreciation, if you just think about it this way, if you buy a home and it's an investment property, the thing there are things in that house that depreciate your HVAC depreciates your depreciates your water heater, the flooring, these depreciate or they lose their value over time with wear and tear. Now, windows don't depreciate near as fast as other aspects or other components of the home. And so what you do is you actually take the loss of that value and the government, which is an amazing thing in America, mm -hmm. we can you know, cry and moan all day long about what's happening in our country, but I'm so thankful for the laws that we have. And so they, you can take that loss against your active income, which actually reduces your income, which ultimately reduces your taxes, which is a pretty awesome thing. So now you're saying there's a sophisticated way to depreciate against these commercial buildings and multifamily. Yeah. Well, like a lot of your listeners right now, I was skeptical and I had to go do, do my own research, right? I had to go read the tax code. I had to go read a couple books. So if you're listening to this, you're skeptical as well. Go read Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright. Tom Wheelwright, you might remember, is the CPA for Robert Kiyosaki, Rich yeah. Dad, Poor Dad. Yes, love Tom's a great guy, very smart. He now has a company called WealthAbility where he teaches other CPAs how to do this type of depreciation for real estate investors. And sure enough, I found that the tax code is written in such a way that helps people that are investors because they want jobs, they want housing, right? The government incentivizes us to do these things. So if you own property, if you own businesses, there's what what some people will call loopholes, but that's just what the tax code is. You get tax benefits because you are, are investing in your yeah it's so i just want to stop there for a second and this is where the democrats radical liberals the leftists the aocs the bidens the kamala harrises and even some republicans they think these loopholes are just exclusive for the rich that's what they say it's like oh we're just we're propping the system up for the rich bull what they're what they're, what they're doing yeah these are created to incentivize Correct. investment. And when stimulate you stimulate the economy, stimulate. Okay. So if you buy an apartment complex, a, let's just say it's a 120 unit apartment complex and you buy it and now you're going to go and start renovating. First thing, you're, you're 
putting fuel in your vehicles. You're buying the trucks to get there. You're going to Lowe's, Home Depot, all these other contractor supply sources, and now you're buying the material. You're employing people. The the material now, suppliers are now buying more raw material to get it. You see the trip, the, the ripple effect is is just an amazing thing. And and yet now all of a sudden we want to quote tax the rich or tax the one percent. And that's just crazy because now you're saying, oh, I want to tax all those guys that are incentivizing. Now I raise kids. I got five kids. Steve, you've got three. Yep. I incentivize my son. Like my my youngest boy, by the way, okay, I I hate video games. Those don't accomplish it. squat and they hurt kids, I believe. I mm. truly do. So, but my boy, you know, if, if there's going to be a video game that's out there and there's not really many, but there are a couple I feel like that don't quite have the same algorithms and are a little bit more benign. So he goes, I want to play a video game. I said, well, no, I'll incentivize you. If you want to play that video game, you've got to put in for every hour of work you put in, you can get 30 minutes on the video game or whatever it may be. I mean, that's sure. not exactly how I do it, but this is just a great you know, I'm incentivizing them. Right. So this is what we're talking about with the depreciation and the taxes and all of these other things. 100%. So I got super excited that this is what could happen, right? And we decided, let's go find somebody that's in this space and we'll bring the money because we have investors that are already investing in our single family flips. We'll bring the money, we'll partner with them, and we'll do our first deal and see how it goes. So our first deal out of the gate, we like to jump in the deep end. So we oh built a 14 acre, 1183 unit, 180,000 square foot kidding me? self-storage facility managed by CubeSmart in Orlando. And it was a $14 million project, $4 million raise. And then we did that three more times and we packaged those up and sold them off to CubeSmart. We didn't pay anything in taxes that year because of the massive amount of depreciation that we took. And we said, wow. This works. Let's do it again. Let's do that again. Wow. So, and now you're getting, now you're getting, when you're doing a raise, you're getting investors. Yeah. What kind of returns were you talking to your investors about and what was making them excited and how excited are they still with you? Which is another thing. I've seen lots of companies like yours. They've come to Jason and me and others. Yeah. The investors quite often don't go back because they don't like the experience. So I think that's the barometer, right? Happy investors has to be the barometer. That's so right. We have a ninety-six percent reinvestment rate for Holy all of our investment, all of our investors over the last ten years, which I think is a testament to, I think one, the communication that we have with our investors, the transparency that we have. When things go wrong, we let our investors know that things are going wrong, and they will. They will go wrong. The teams that you want to partner with are the people that are going to tell you when they go wrong and have the experience on how to pivot out of what is happening That's when right. things go wrong. That's right. Right. So, so that I think has been a big key for for our success. In all of those deals, they were new construction projects, so a little bit more risk. But our investors on those deals made 12% per annum, right? Wow. It means 12% a year. Yep. They got passed through tax benefits just like we did so that yep. they could lessen their tax yeah, bills, so they which got was some amazing. Of, they got some of that depreciation as well. Yeah. And then, um, and then yeah, they, they've stayed with us over the years. Wow. So it's been, it's been incredible. The, the hard part of making this pivot, frankly, was we realized we built the wrong widget in the wholesaling flipping business. Mm -hmm. So we had to shut that business down. So it was hard when you have to lose employees and send them off into their destiny because this is no longer it. So that was that was difficult but necessary because that business was not going to get us to where I knew God was calling us to go. Mm. Um, so, so now we've just recently launched the $100 million equity fund. We're looking to deploy that over the next you know, 18 to 30 months or so to buy about $400 million worth of property. Which Jason and I are very much a part of. We're yes. very excited about it. And 
So, okay, so tell us, walk us through, and I want our listeners to hear, which is what made Jason and I the most excited. Now, I get excited about a nice return on investment. I get excited about the fund. I I get really excited about that. But there's something else that got us even more excited. And this was the idea that you actually were writing into the deals or the way that it works. I mean, there's a lot of sophistication and there's a lot of details, blah, 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 that we're not going to talk about with tax and accounting and all these other things. However, you were making part of the deal your donor advised fund that was going to be granting and gifting money based on the profit and performance of your investments. And I've already seen it. Love life is one of the Jason and I's that's our, that's one of the loves of our life Mm -hmm. is this pro-life ministry. We're in 17 cities. We helped birth it with another entrepreneur, Justin reader, and it has done so well. And we're so excited about these moms who feel they have no choice, but to get abortion. And yet we now have love life with a mentor network and we're helping all these moms. It's awesome. I'm so excited about it. Jason and I were giving into it. And here comes Steve Libman a few years ago and says, hey, guys, guess what? We're writing Love Life into the deal. Now, it's not really technically into the deal, but it's part yeah. of the profits of the deal. And I'm like, are you kidding? You're actually doing that? How are your, how are your investors with that? And he's like, it jazzes them up. Yeah. And now you guys have pivoted. You're using donor advised fund. Just walk, walk the listeners through what you guys are doing, what motivates you, and how's it work? Yeah. So we like to call it investing with purpose. Yes. And we, we like to full transparency here, how we came up with the idea. I was literally just praying one day and I was like, man, I, I just have a heart to give abundantly, right? Mm-hmm. My, my wife has made me grow in the grace of giving over time because she likes to have the shirt on her back and whatnot. Because I love that. <laughs> well, all moms, I mean, all wives and, you know, quite frankly, most husbands, we have to do that because it's first things first. Absolutely. But she saw it in me where I was just, I, I wanted to give abundantly. So she was like, hey, let's grow in the grace of giving. I was praying one day saying, Lord, how are we going to give more abundantly now before we make it, quote, there? Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs have, have this burden too. Like, what what can I do now? I'm not, I don't have a hundred million dollar company. I don't have, you know, and Yes, tithes are great, offerings are great. Yep. But what can we do to give more abundantly now? And and you know, I heard from the Lord and he just said, "Just partner with me on every deal." And I said, "Okay, how do we do that?" He said, "Well, start small. Do 1% of the economic benefit of this deal into a nonprofit." Wow. I said, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Right? And then the next deal we did 2%. The next deal we did 6%. The last deal we just did was 20%. Oh, come on. Are you serious? Serious. I didn't know that. I didn't know it's gotten that high. It's gotten that high. And our goal is to make it an ever-increasing percentage, right? We want to give till it hurts. Mm. And we know that we still have overhead. We still have expenses. We have to be good stewards of the business, right? We're not giving to implosion. And you're not pulling out of the investors' pockets either. The investors investors make phenomenal returns. They make the same returns that they always have. It comes out of our end. But what's cool is the investor, I think, gets the blessing as well because they are partnered with us in these deals. And these deals are funding our donor-advised fund, which fund these nonprofits. Wow. So even if they don't know that they're getting the blessing, they're getting the blessing. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Just by being a part of it. Just by being a part of it. So it's been an amazing journey, that's really the heart behind the business. I mean, really what we want to do is use the business as a catalyst to fund the donor advised fund so that we can go out and make an impact. And I love that. And I think that it's going phenomenally well so far. And we're just getting started. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay. So walk into the listener right now. He's sitting in the car. She's at home, you know, hanging out with the kids, listening to this podcast and okay. Inflation. It's going nuts. Yeah. Stock market. It's going down. Yeah. Economy. It's uncertain. 
It's a mess out there. Walk us so, through. So let me tell you why we landed on real estate. One, my dad passed away about eight years ago. He lost about half of his money in the stock market during the downturn of 2007, 2008, and then he passed away. Hmm. So, so many people rode that downturn and then rode it back up, right? The stock market was great a couple years ago. So the problem is, is it's, it's musical chairs. Hmm. When the music stops, you don't know where your stock market's going to be, right? Today, it's down 409, the last time I checked, right before we jumped on here. Yeah. Um, it's down 20% so far this year, right? I'm just talking about the Dow Jones Industrial Average year to date. Right now, it's down 20%. Inflation is up to historic levels, right? Which means things cost more. Your retirement's going down. I mean, if I was a boomer right now, I'd be pretty afraid. Yeah, my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, she was just so afraid. She would always call and, and just like, am I going to be safe? Like, what's happening with the market? Am I going to be safe? And that was the thing is, am I going to be safe? Security. Yeah. Absolutely. It's one of the human needs, right? Yeah, that's right. So when we talk about volatility in the stock market, just a quick picture here is if you lose 20% of your portfolio, like many of us have so far this year, it doesn't take 20% to get back to even. It takes now 25% to get back to even, right? Because if you have $100 and you lose 20%, you have $80. Well, now if you put 20% onto the 80, you only have $96. You have to earn 25% to get back the 20% loss. I see. Right? So volatility sense. has a cost. And if you guys just Google volatility calculator, you can actually cal calculate your own volatility in your own portfolio. And it's pretty scary what it does over time. So what I was looking for was something more consistent, less volatile, maybe didn't have 30% per annum returns, but can consistently count on the types of returns that we're looking for. And I wanted it to be non-market correlated. Real estate does that. So when we buy self-storage facilities or senior housing developments or student housing developments or what our bread and butter really is, is multifamily. So if you drive by a multifamily complex, a couple hundred units, a couple hundred families, that's what we like to invest in. And the reason that we do that is because inflation is directly correlated to the CPI, right? The consumer price index. The consumer price index, which is where the gauge of inflation is, is heavily correlated to housing costs. So that's not just the price of your house. That's cost of rent. And as the CPI grows, so does typically housing costs, as we've seen over the last year and a half, and the cost of rent. So a great hedge against inflation is yes. to actually own these assets because as inflation grows, so does the rent and right. so does the value of that asset. So it's non-market correlated. It hedges against inflation. It has tax benefits. It's not in the market. So when after you know years of research about this, we were like, okay, if we're going to buy and hold anything in our investment portfolio, it's going to be these things. Mm. So I don't have a dollar in the stock market. I'm not telling people not to do that, right? I mean, yeah. we do whatever you and your investment advisor are coming to, but we don't personally because we're real estate guys. Yeah, and we love you know this market right now is super volatile, and there's a lot of opportunity for us. Yeah, there's, that's exactly right. And, and it's interesting that a financial advisor friend of mine said, time in the market beats timing the market. And then he was like, but you and your brother have done a great job because you got a lot of real estate. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. You know, mm -hmm. and I, I, that's one of the things that we like to do is help people get into real estate. So now, go, go ahead. You got well, your... I was just going to say, so we just hired a guy, his name is Chris, and he's our in investment advisor. Essentially, he is a Series 63-7 certified wealth planner, certified financial planner. He came from Fidelity, mm -hmm. 20 years in the financial services business. Now, why would a guy like that come over and work for us and tell all his clients about this type of deal? Well, one, 
It's called selling away. If you work for Fidelity and you tell them about my fund, yeah. they'll lose their license. You're out of the market. Yeah. So that's interesting. Why would they do that? And then second is these people desperately want this as a portion of their portfolio, but they can't get it at traditional firms, right? Unless you go into a REIT, mm-hmm. which is specifically made for Fidelity or Wells Fargo, and you're getting about 5 6% returns. Real Estate Investment Trust, REIT. Right. So he came over and he's bringing up a ton of his clients over now and they're super happy. And it's just, it's, it's an alternative investment for a reason because it's not mainstream. It's not mainstream because they don't talk about it. They don't talk about it because they can't make money on it. Yeah. Now you're talking investing with a purpose. Your partner, Travis, and he's got the same heart. Oh yeah. So now here you two are, you're talking all about investing and how to make money. You're talking all about purpose and how to generate cash flow so that you can make significant impact, specifically Christian kingdom impact in the world. Yep. In our last podcast, we talked to a couple other partners as well and said, hey, how is it being in partnership? Like, what are some of the obstacles that you've overcome? So I want to kind of pivot there right now. Is You and Travis, you've been together 12 years now. Yep. Y'all started from the bottom. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. here. <laughs> Sorry, it just hit. But you started from the bottom, and uh, you guys have overcome some stuff. Like, how, how are you navigating that? What have you overcome to get to the point where you are now? Well, I'll tell you, I, I know a lot of partnerships that don't do well. And it's really rare to find partnerships that do well. And I think if they're going to do well, the first thing you have to do is not choose somebody like yourself. Oh, I like that. I think a lot of people go out and they find some friends. They like the same things. They want to start the same business. They have the same skill sets. Then they start a business and it doesn't work. Why? Because mm-hmm. you, you have two visionaries. You have two operators. Yep. You have two people with similar skill sets. You need a complementary skill set, right? You don't need the same skill set. That, that's pretty much like how God designed it in the garden is two complementary sexes. I don't care what that radical woke left says that men can be women and women can be men. That's all a bunch of bull. Nonsense. Yeah, you heard that here. Well, you're <laughs> Christians. You're supposed to be like talking about nice things. Well, let me tell you something. We've been so open-minded in this country, our brains have fallen out. So now you're giving us a very biblical Garden of Eden wisdom, even in a partnership, not just a marriage. That's right. It should be complementary and not identical or the same. That's I did right. say identical. That's me and Jay's. We only look identical, but trust me, there's nothing alike between the <laughs> two of right. us. That's <laughs> right. Well, and I, I think it's important when you go into partnership to make sure that you're recognizing that. So one of our first coaches said, hey, Stephen, you're all gas. Travis is all break. Oh, I like that. And he's like, without Travis, you'd go into a wall. Yeah. Without you, he'd never get started. Yeah. And it's been a great complimentary skill set because every time I bring him an idea, he lets me run with it. He lets me talk about it, and then he'll start to poke holes in it. Mm. And it's great because we have to defend our ideas to each other. And it will come out, right? If something's wrong or broken, it'll come out. So I think some of the hurdles was in the beginning, just not knowing how to manage those skill sets. I think we tried to do similar things, even though we had complementary skill sets. So we really needed people to coach us through that, that have seen other businesses thrive before. And that was that was super helpful. So again, mentorship, coaching, these types of things are really what will change your your outlook on how to run a business because people have been there before. There's nothing new under the sun. Yep. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Whatever cliche you want to say, at the end of the day, you are not the first person doing this. Mm-hmm. So go in and get some help. That That's how you clear those hurdles. 
honestly, we've been blessed in our business and our relationship. I think the hurdles and the struggles came from not knowing what to do next in the business. The relationship was always put on a pedestal first, meaning we won't let the business break up a friendship or break up a partnership. So we recognize that we're on the same team. We're rowing in the same direction. Sometimes we disagree and that's fine. We have conflict resolution kind of tactics and strategies around that. But it's, it, it honestly has been a divinely inspired relationship because it has grown. And, and Travis got saved through the business, by the way. Oh, that's awesome. So, which is also another amazing testimony because we were yoked together for seven years before he got saved and accepted Jesus. Wow. So tons of great testimonies out of that. Yeah, that's amazing. And now you've got these young families and you have amazing wives and you guys are sitting on a company right now that I'm probably as excited about your company as any company that I can see in this country. You are growing at breakneck speed. And I truly believe the Lord is rewarding you because you guys have chosen right from the beginning to give even when it hurt Mm. and give even when you didn't have much. The Bible teaches us, and this is for all of us listening, that if you're faithful in little, the Lord will make you faithful in much. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be integrity holdings on top of a billion-dollar fund, which is very close to becoming that. But the thing is, is that it does mean that God will reward your work. He promises that in Colossians 3 and Ephesians 6. That is so good. And so it's exciting to... You know, last week's podcast, I'm with a couple of young guys, just started a business. They're nowhere near your revenue right now, but they have the same passion, the same energy. They're giving, they're working hard, they're navigating the partnership. And yet now here this week, I'm sitting with you and we've got Travis in the other room talking with Jason and all these other entrepreneurs. And you guys are literally, I'm looking at what that looks like in the marketplace 10 years from the 10 years down the road. Right. God's word is true. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about the fact that you guys have given to so much impact in this nation. And I know the Bible teaches that don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. If you give, give in secret. That's right. So we keep it quiet on all the things that you're doing. But I, you, you're not giving yourself any credit, but let me just say, for all of us to look at this testimony, give, make it strategic, be intentional, and be relentless about it. If that's anything that we can get out of this podcast, I definitely want to get you get that way. So we wrap up always with an own it or loan it segment. Sam, do you have your own it or loan it? Sam doesn't. Sam's just still wiping the sleep out of his eyes. Own it or loan it, masterminds. Okay. Okay. Oh. Own it or loan it. And here's how it works. Own it means, oh yeah, absolutely. Keep it. I'm going there 100% own it. Or loan it is, eh, that's not really for me. Doesn't gotcha. mean it's bad or good. It's just just not for me. So I want to ask, own it or loan it masterminds, which would be, for those that don't understand masterminds, this is where a group of a small group of leaders get together, a small group of business owners or whatever get together, and they begin to network together, and you pay money for it, and you get mentored and taught. Own it or loan it masterminds. 100% own it. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, of course, or they're at the mastermind right now, right? So yep. <clears throat> you're going to pay for it either way. You're going to pay for it in education. You're going to pay for it in mistakes. Or you're going to pay for it in time, right? So the fastest way to, to hockey stick that trajectory is by paying for somebody else who's already done it. Mm. And the most successful people, and I'm not talking about, you know, one to $5 million businesses, which God bless them. They're amazing. Yep. We need them. I mean, the most successful people, people that are 50 million in revenue and above are always in these rooms. That's right. Because they are lifelong learners. They understand the value of relationship. 
and they make sure that they don't put themselves on, back on an island. Most of us started on an island, mm. but we will never go back to that. That's so good. And what's cool is the bigger the room that you continue to get into, whatever you can afford. I mean, the first mastermind I put on three credit cards and I asked them to let me make payments <laughs> because I just couldn't afford it. But guess what? That made me a million dollars. Yeah. So that 25 grand was worth it, right? Yeah. What's your ROI? That's right. The biggest problem I think that you don't see when you don't do these things is what was the opportunity cost? What are you leaving on the table by not doing that? Right? You can be happy with your with your income right now or but what are you leaving on the table by not getting one golden nugget? I mean, we flew all the way out, right, from East Coast to the top of the world. Yep. And now we're flying back for three quick days, time away from the kids, time away from the families, right? So how valuable can it be? Sitting in sessions, talking about KPIs and structure and things like that is amazing. One bomb talked about in passing by getting a cup of coffee hmm. can add a million dollars of revenue to your next year. Hmm. And that is not fluff. That is not like fake talk. That's that right. has happened to us multiple oh, that's times. That's amazing. You know, at, at, at Expert Ownership with our masterminds, the first question, you could probably even say it. First question we ask, how's your marriage? First thing that's, you asked me when we got on the plane, how's right. your marriage? Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's, it's those, those are the type of people that you want to get around. Because they know that who cares how your business is doing. That's right. If your if your home life is not great. That's right. Right. And and to focus on that and to be around those folks that care about you is the relationship piece. Now, do you do they need business acumen too? Yep. You better believe it. Yep. But those things are all intertwined, right? I can you can tell how your business is going by how your home is going, hmm. and vice versa, right? I'm sure that you when you have down months, right? Either things are less good at home. Right, yep. and they're not always correlated in that monetary way, right? But you, sure. but I guarantee that if your home life is not good, you're not giving, That's you're right. not getting the most out of your business when you go to work. That's right. You're losing your jet fuel. Yep. Steve, that was amazing. Thank you for this hey. integrity holdings. You and Travis, it's just it's just awesome. I'm so excited about this. So everybody, share this podcast out. This is going to help a lot of people. Subscribe, rate, review us, because Jason and I have a lot of people that follow us that. Target us. Huffington Post is on us. Slate, Cosmo, Right Wing Watch. Of course. <laughs> They're like, we hate those guys, but we love them. <laughs> That's right. So uh, get in there. And if you like this podcast, please give us a little rating or a little thumbs up and a nod and subscribe so you can hear more stuff like this. Pretty easy, simple. Just boom, click the button. Sam, that's it. Am I supposed to say anything else? Oh, wait. Impact over income. What'd you say? Oh, roll tide. Are you kidding me? They just lost to Tennessee. Hallelujah. No roll tide here. Good game. Yeah, it was a great game. All right. Well, dude, Sam, you just totally screwed up this whole close. Okay, impact over income. But if you can get both, go get it. See you next week. I've been